How many times have you, in the course of your Christian walk, followed the basic instructions in James chapter 1 where it tells us, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Lord, and he'll give it to you liberally. And so you needed direction, you needed some insight, you needed wisdom, and you did the Christian thing by saying, Lord, I come to you and I ask you for wisdom. I ask you in the spirit of faith to give me direction and to give me wisdom concerning this situation. And you say amen, and you walk away from that prayer time, come out of that prayer closet or wherever that was that you prayed at, and you have no clue what to do. Has that ever happened to you? Am I the only one? I'm going to share with you this morning as we're talking about the quest for wisdom, the quest for uh, insight, uncompromising insight and wisdom into honoring God with everything that we are, everything that we do, with our resources, with our lives, you know, living lives that are sent rather than lives for ourselves. We're living lives that are sent. We've been looking from uh, at Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. So if you have your Bibles, we'll go ahead and start with that again this morning. In Ephesians, the fifth chapter, excuse me. Verse 15, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. He's encouraging them to walk in wisdom. He said, see then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. It's because of the time that we're living, it's very important that we live carefully, that we walk carefully, and not as fools, but that we live our lives with the wisdom of God. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Then in verse 17, sort of repeating it again, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Now turn with me, if you would, to the book of James, chapter 1. And beginning at verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways." So I realize the importance of verse 6 and verse 7 that we are to ask in faith with no doubting. We are uh, not to be double-minded and unstable in all of our ways. But sometimes, you know, my personal experience has been when I've heard teachings on this and books that I've read and any kind of expository teachings from the book of James, it seemed to me like there was more emphasis put on verse 6 and 7 than there was on verse 5. And verse 5 kind of got lost kind of got lost in the shuffle because I was so focused on am I, am I in faith and am I doubting and am I this and am I that? And I got back and forgot about the simplicity of verse 5 and says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and he'll give it to you liberally. Just meditate on that one for a moment before you get into verse 6 and 7. I mean, I, I'm not discounting them. They are very important and they're key into uh, us learning to walk 
carefully, accurately, precisely, to pay close attention to every decision that we make, to every step that we make. But I really think we need to get settled in and develop our faith on the reality that if we lack wisdom, ask God, he gives it to you liberally without reproach, and, and it will be given to you. Yes, ask in faith. Come to a place where you're asking this in faith, that you're, you're overcoming your doubts, and you're asking in faith. And then the reason being is that if we're just doubting and not really believing what we're asking for, it's probably not going to, you know, we're not going to receive the answer, or we're not going to know what the answer is, even though it may have come to us. We're really not going to have the discernment to know what it was. So... Ask, ask God for wisdom, and he'll give it to you liberally. He'll give it to you liberally. Now, if you turn over to James chapter 3, it gives us a portrait of what this wisdom looks like, and I personally believe that if we have an understanding of what wisdom looks like compared to the wisdom of this world, what does heaven's wisdom, what does God's wisdom look like, you know, so that we can discern, it'll help us discern when it is manifested in us or toward us. Well, in James chapter 3, beginning at verse 13, he's contrasting. It's a very stark contrast between the wisdom of this world and the wisdom that comes from God, the wisdom that when you ask God, what he gives you. So let's just look at it again. Verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that, that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. So let's just look at verse 14 for another moment. If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above. Know that it's not wise to be bitter, to be self-seeking and boasting and lying against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, it is sensual, and it is demonic. So in your life, in your decision-making processes, in, the, in relationships, and in, in your endeavoring to, to live life on target, to live life carefully, purposefully, accurately, and precisely, which is what we're instructed to do in Ephesians, you know, to, to, to live life accurately and precisely. In your quest to do so, you need to realize that when verse 16 says, where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. So if in our processes of going through the day, it is just bombarded with confusion. It is bombarded with selfishness. It is bombarded with, uh, with you know, just bitter and enviness and self-seeking. If that's the environment that you find yourself in, from the moment you get up in the morning until you go to bed at night, and even when you wake up in the middle of the night, and it's just, everything is just, it, it's in turmoil, it's tumultuous. I think the first thing you need to realize in that situation is that you are not in the wisdom of God. And that's not to bring guilt or condemnation. That's just simply to, you know, the first step into realizing what I want to be in is to realize what I'm in right now is not where I want to be. I don't want to be in this environment of selfishness. I don't want to be in this environment where everything was just so much envy and self-seeking and, and, and confusion and, and just all kinds of evil is consistently being manifested. That's not the wisdom of God. That's not God's best for you. You can do better than that. 
We all can do better than that. We can live above that. And then he continues in verse 17 and gives us a, a description and just a really accurate portrait of what the wisdom looks like. Notice when we're lacking wisdom and we ask God, here's what we can expect it to look like. So that the wisdom that is from above, it's pure, peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield, it's full of mercy and good fruits, it's without partiality, which means there's no favoritism, there's no unfairness, there's no bias in it, and it is without hypocrisy. And so that's the goal. When we're asking God for wisdom, we, we want to be experiencing an atmosphere that is pure, peaceable, gentle, submissive, a willingness to yield to it. It's full of mercy and good fruits, and there's no favoritism, there's no, uh, there's no bias or unfairness in, involved in the wisdom of God. So any, of the, any decisions that we're making, any business dealings, any relationship situations that, that we're in, involved in, I, again, you want to make sure that, it, that it's, there's no envy, self-seeking, confusion, and every evil thing involved there, because that is not the wisdom of God. But we can be and are to be on a quest for wisdom to walk accurately, to walk in the wisdom of God, which is to walk accurately, precisely, to pay close attention to the steps that we are taking. Every step, every step, every step you take. You know, we all end up where we are the same way. Whether it's where you want to be or whether it's where you don't want to be, you end up there the same way. And that's by the direction that you're going in. The direction that you're going in is going to determine where you end up at. Well, are you, are you taking steps of wisdom? Or are the steps that you're taking, are, are they self-seeking? Are they sensual, demonic, and, and full of envy? Are you purposely taking steps that you know are contrary to the wisdom of God, to the love of God, thinking, well, I'll make up for it later? Well, it's taking you to the wrong place. So you have goals, you have ideas of where you want to be in life, and you can get there by walking in the wisdom of God. You know, so the quest that we're talking about is the quest to keep life on target and avoid getting off course. We talked about that briefly last week about how do we get off course? How do we veer off in the wrong direction? You know, many times it simply comes down to we paid attention to uh, bad information and we ignore good information. We ignore wisdom and, and we, uh, we pay attention to uh, just whatever's not wisdom. You know, many times it may be the majority, thinking, well, the majority must be right. Well, not always. Not always. Matter of fact, probably more often than not. <laughs> but anyway, so we can go on with, uh, in our quest for the wisdom of God, lacking wisdom. We ask God for it. He gives it to us liberally. Now, the question I want to ask you this morning and address it is, how does he give it to me? If I ask God for wisdom and he promised that he'd give it to me liberally, I'm asking in faith. I'm not doubting. I'm sincerely believing God for wisdom for, to order my next step. I need to know what the next step, what the next decision in my life needs to be. And this can apply, apply to you whether you're in middle school or junior high school or college or out of college or young adult or uh, not a young adult. Well, I don't know what age group that is, but <laughs> you're not a young adult. So anyway, 
it can apply to us when we, we're looking for wisdom. How is God giving it to us? I ask for it, now how does it come to me? It can, you know, it can feel like it's very subjective. Well, how's it coming to me? You know, we talked a little bit about how the, the wisdom of God is manifested in our lives. I think it was the first week or the second week in, in this particular series. And we, we said how the, the resources for the wisdom of God was number one was the, the word of God. God's word, the Bible, is your number one source for wisdom. And then we also talked about how prayer is key to uh, receiving wisdom from God. And number three was by association. Associate with wise people. And, uh, Proverbs 13, 20 tells us that you walk with wise men, you will be wise. And so associate with wise people, associate with Jesus. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. He says, learn from me. So we want to learn from the master, the master teacher, who is Jesus. That's who we're learning from. We have the word of God. It's the best book that's available to you. It, it's, a, it's the best manual you can have for keeping life on target in every arena of life. Just keeping your life on target for all the days that God has you here on earth. It'll point you to eternity. It will point you to uh, health and soundness of mind. It'll point you to your needs being met. It'll point you to having peace in your heart that surpasses all understanding. It'll point you into how to have healthy relationships, how to live at, at, at peace among people as much as it depends upon you. you know, it's, just, it's a great manual when you read it and you study it and, and you put your faith in it. It's God's wisdom manifested to us when we spend time in the Word of God. And then, then to pray, we talked about how Solomon, he was made king at a very young age. His father David was, you know, we know all about David. He was a great shepherd. He was a mighty warrior. And, you know, he slew, the, he slew Goliath. And we have all these attributes about David and, and the things that he was good at. He was a good musician, a psalmist. And, and, and then, then, of course, it's time for Solomon to take over. And we don't know much about Solomon other than he was a young man that had a lot of resources. But we don't know much about his skills sets. But when he became king, he did pray, and he asked God for wisdom. He said, Lord, I find myself, in, I'm paraphrasing now, but basically he said, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm king. I have all these resources at my disposal on certain, you know, just riches beyond what you could ever dream of at my disposal. I'm in charge of all these people. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. And God was pleased with that, and God graced him and granted him wisdom to do what he needed to do. But like I opened up this a few moments ago with the question, have you prayed and asked God for wisdom concerning a, a decision that needed to be made, a direction that needed to be taken, and you prayed for it sincerely, you believed you were in faith, but there was nothing but silence. There was no booming voice from heaven, like in the movies, you know, people hear from God in the movies, it's always a booming voice from heaven. Moses, Daniel. You know, we're expecting something, some type of a booming voice, and thy shall take the next right. <laughs> Proceed for four miles, then turn left. We'd like it all laid out like that. And we want that, and we pray for it, and we read Scripture like in James and tells us, well, if you need wisdom, ask God, and he'll give it to you. Seems simple. Seems simple enough. 
I can do that, and I do it, and I'm still clueless. I still feel clueless as to what to do next. I want to speak into that just for a few moments this morning. We can, we can go deep on it, but I think, I, I think going simple is better. Making the complicated simple to understand is wisdom, right? So you pray for wisdom. How will you know? How will you know? There's many voices. There are many voices in our culture today. There always were, but there are many voices giving many, many opinions. Many different ways to get to where you want to get to. Many different ways of how to do what you want to be doing. And and which one is the right one? Which is the best one? And which is is the one that's right for me? You know, what, what school am I supposed to go to? Who am I supposed to marry? Where am I supposed to live? What am I to put my hands to? And, you know... What am I supposed to do next week? Or how am I supposed to handle the rest of the day? How am I supposed to respond to that situation, to that insult that came to me? What am I supposed to do about it? Okay, God, I ask you for wisdom. Give me wisdom. And there's silence. There's silence. We think there's silence. So there's two primary sources that I believe are, I I call them primary because I believe they're very uh, foundational sources of God's wisdom coming to us when we pray and we ask God for wisdom and to simplify it so that we can just be reminded and to be refreshed on the goodness and the faithfulness of God and not having us out there in that no man's land where I'm looking and I'm searching but I'm not, I'm, I'm clueless. Number one, when you pray and you ask God for wisdom, the primary source for God's wisdom to you, to you, is the Word of God. Now, this is not a scientific, or I don't have a scripture to back this up, but this is just to put it in a a reference point for you. I believe that 95% of the leading of the wisdom of God that you need for your life to make the right decision is right here in the Word of God. But Pastor Ray, I don't know what it says. Well, that's the problem. Get into the Word of God. Read the Word of God. And if it's a critical time frame where you need to make a decision, that's association. Call someone, talk to someone, say, hey, this is my dilemma, and I need to know how to respond. I need to know what decision to make. You know, how, how should I handle this? Call someone, because they may know the verse. When you pray and you ask God for wisdom and a Bible reference, a scriptural reference comes to your mind, my friend, that is supernatural guiding. That is the wisdom of God manifested. Oh, but Pastor Ray, that sounds too elementary. (laughs) But it is elementary. God is going to give you wisdom through his word. Why would he go to something else? I'll tell you what. Lord, I really need wisdom. I need to know what direction to take here. And, you know, 11 o'clock on Monday morning, this decision needs to be made. I made a commitment that by 11 o'clock we'd have this decision. And, And I said, Lord, I'm asking you. I want to make the right choice. So please, speak to my heart. And God speaks to your heart and says, at 1045, ask series. Because I don't have a clue as to what you should do. Why would God send you somewhere else? He knows the beginning from the end. 
And it's written and it's recorded in his word. And so, whether, you know, and you say, well, I don't know if it's, it has to do with this relationship situation that, that I'm in. Well, I can just give you one real quickly. You know, walk in love. Forgive as Jesus has forgiven us. And there's another scripture in Romans that says, as much as it is possible within you, live at peace with all people. You do what you can do to keep the situation peaceful. You walk in love. You walk in forgiveness. You take the high road. I'm digressing now, but... That's all in here when I tell you that 95% of the wisdom that you need to, to keep life on target, to, uh, to know the will of God and to get to the place that God has for you, that 95% of the general direction guidance comes directly from the word of God. It has to do with your conduct, your attitude, your love walk, your stewardship. It's the best stewardship book you will ever find. There's a lot of other good information. There's nothing wrong with having financial counselors, financial investors, and, and so forth, and ask people questions that, that specialize in those particular areas. Well, that's the wisdom is manifested in that person. That's that person's skill set. So when that person's a believer, and I believe that God speaks to that person, they have more information in that area that, than I do, so I'm going to trust that person. And so I think you get the... the, the the general thing of what I'm speaking of there. So it takes much time reading, studying, understanding the Word of God. Let God speak to you as you're reading it, but primarily become familiar with it so that the Holy Spirit's job, when you pray, the Holy Spirit's job is to bring things to your remembrance. Now, you can't, he can't bring it to your remembrance if you never had it in your memory banks. He's going to remember. He's going to cause you remember a few months ago in church, the pastor was speaking, or remember a few weeks ago in, in your grace group, or remember a few weeks ago or a few months ago or even a few years ago, you were reading in, in the book of uh, Matthew, and the Holy Spirit spoke to you. He's, you know, he's bringing it back to you. And you go, aha, I remember that is supernatural. That's God giving you wisdom liberally, and it's primarily coming from the Word of God. So don't discredit the words, and don't allow it to become familiar. I've been a Christian for quite a few years, and I have to guard my heart in my morning devotions. When I get up, I'm going to read the Scriptures, but I can be going through a book for the hundredth time or more, some of the books, and I pretty much know what it's going to say before I read it. And I can be reading it, and then I realize, okay, I just read that entire chapter, but my mind was somewhere else. And when I catch myself doing that, I, I just, I'll stop, and I'll discipline myself and go back and read it and, say, and remind myself, this is all quiet. I'm not speaking out loud. and say, pay attention to what you're reading. Pay attention to what God wants to speak to you. So get in the Word. 95% of your direction, your guidance, is going to come directly from the Word of God. Number two of the primary sources of God's wisdom, because God's Word is powerful, it's anointed, it, it gives you 95% uh, of the direction that you need, but there is special guidance that there are specific directions that are not spelled out in the Word of God. 
For example, you're shopping, you know, students, you're trying to make a decision which school to go to, what college to go to, or you may be deciding what career path to take, or uh, you, some people, you may be deciding, okay, we're looking at houses, and we looked at three different houses, and boy, man, two of the three were, I could live in two of the three were really nice, and I really can't decide, it's down, it's down to these last two, which one is it? Well, that's when you can ask God. There's, but there's no verse that says, thou shalt, thou shalt get by the house on 1516 Colony Drive. Matter of fact, he'll never tell you that, because that's my house, and it's not for sale. <laughs> But we can talk <laughs> if the price is right. <laughs> I just may sell it to you. Now that I think about it. <laughs> so specific guidance, how does that come to us? How does that specific direction come? Well, that, that specific guidance direction comes to you by the Holy Spirit. Everyone say the Holy Spirit. And it comes to you by the Holy Spirit via the inward witness the inward witness of the Holy Spirit or the inward voice of God's Spirit. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, as you know when someone is saying something to you and it's, it's the right decision. You know when you, you, just, you have that unction, you have that knowing. Somewhere along in your life, you've experienced that unction that, yes, that's the right thing to do. For example, I'm assuming most people in here this morning you're born again. You've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So sometime in your story, at one point in time in your story, you heard the gospel, and it bore witness with you in your spirit, and you responded to the gospel, and you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, that was the Spirit of God hovering over you, speaking to you, and you heard it. You sensed something inside here. Yes, that's the right thing to do. And you responded to it. Well, that same unction that you experienced when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you entered into the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit is, comes upon us. He abides in us to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us. And John 16 and verse 13 tells us that the Holy Spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit of truth will guide you into all truth, or you could say into all wisdom, and he will tell you things to come. Now, in order for someone such as the Holy Spirit or even another person when they have the, 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 the gift of wisdom that's listed in, in the book of Corinthians, there's a gift of wisdom. Again, it's not a chapter. It's, a word, it's called a word of wisdom, not a chapter of wisdom. <laughs> it's, it's a word of wisdom. So when wisdom, comes, when wisdom comes to us, it's telling you things to come. No, it's the only way that you can know whether it's coming from the Holy Spirit into your spirit or someone is speaking a word of wisdom under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the gift is being manifested, and they're speaking about things that are yet to come. The only way you can know something is going to happen that hasn't happened yet is through God's wisdom. Now, if it's someone reminding you of something that already happened, that's the word of knowledge. That's history. But the word of wisdom, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into all truth, into all wisdom. He's going to tell you things to come. Notice it hasn't, it hasn't come. You, haven't, you, haven't, you don't have it yet. You don't see it yet, but you're going to see it. You're going to experience it. That's the wisdom of God. So the Holy Spirit 
God's wisdom is manifested to us through the word of God and then specifically (laughs) through the Holy Spirit leading you, guiding you, and showing you. But if the Holy Spirit is specifically leading you, guiding you, and showing you, you want to know how to get in tune with what the Holy Spirit is speaking. What is that voice? Well, Jesus in the, in the Gospel, John chapter 10, talks about Jesus being the good shepherd. And he makes a statement in there in John chapters, uh, chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. It tells us that the sheep, the sheep hear his voice, the sheep being the followers of Christ. And the sheep hear, and Jesus leads them. Verse 4 says uh, Jesus, uh, that the sheep follow Jesus, for they know. Everyone say no. So if you're, you're, you're a born-again child of God, you know the voice of Jesus. You say, well, I've been a Christian for years, and I don't know the voice of Jesus. Well, you heard the voice of Jesus when you accepted him. That was Jesus knocking at your heart's door. You heard the knock, and you opened, and you said, come on in. And so if, you, if you're not familiar with it anymore, it's because you've been not opening the door. You, you stop responding to the knock. So keep listening, keep learning, and, and keep allowing the Holy Spirit of God to be leading you, guiding you, and directing you. So God, through the Word and through the Holy Spirit, wants to deal with us in the most practical arenas of life, moment by moment, moment by moment. He wants to lead you as a young person, he wants to lead you as, a, as an adult, he, the, the, and, and it's his responsibility, the Holy Spirit's responsibility is to lead you, to guide you, and to direct you. Now, I know when you talk about the Holy Spirit, some people think, oh, you know, that's, you know, I know people that are spirit-filled, and, and uh, you, know, you know, it just made them weird. I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit coming upon you, abiding in you, does not make one weird. That person was weird before they received the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I read a survey that said one in three people are weird. (laughs) So take a moment, look to your right. (laughs) Look to your left. And if those people, if both those people look pretty normal, Yeah, you're weird. (laughs) But get beyond the weirdness when we talk about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about God's wisdom. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not something that's weird. It's not something that's flaky. Have there been weird manifestations of what people call manifestations of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, there's been weirdness going on. But you know what? I don't know. I see some really, really weird stuff in the non-Christian community as well. You know, so I don't, we're out about that. You know, it's just what people are, what people are. Christians are what Christians are. But we have the Holy Spirit available to us. So spirit-filled, spirit-filledness is not weirdness. God's wisdom that we pray for is coming to you through the Word and through His Holy Spirit. And we are prone we are prone to miss the Holy Spirit's wisdom in leading us when we are looking around at circumstances. We, look, we have a tendency to look at circumstances. We put our finger in the air to see, which, you know, to see which way the winds are blowing. We want to see which way things are going, then we want to, then we want to go that way. It's no different than a bunch of four-year-olds playing soccer, and they call it swarm ball. 
No one's playing their position. They're all just following the ball, just all over the field. And many times that's what Christians are doing. But we can do better than that. We, have the, we can live life accurately, precisely, on target, because we have the mind of Christ. When you're looking to circumstances, circumstances are factors to consider. I'm not saying ignore everything that's going on around you. They are factors to consider, but they are not the voice of wisdom. Factors to consider, but they're not the voice of wisdom. In Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4, the scripture tells us that he who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Notice it's basically saying that in other words, he is saying that this person always has a reason not to obey and follow the wisdom of God. Do you know anyone that the wisdom of God is manifest, it's given to them, and the first word out of their mouth is, mouth is or the first words out of their mouth are, yeah, but. Yeah, but, and then they point to their circumstance. I hear what you're saying, and I see it in the scripture, but my circumstance determines something else. Well, now you're at a crossroad. Now you need to make a decision. Are you going to go with your circumstances, or are you going to receive the wisdom of God? There's always a reason not to obey the wisdom of God, if, if, if that's the area that we're going into. So I want to close this morning with, by giving you two questions for you to ponder, and ponder these for the rest of your life. But make it two questions that you will ponder. Number one, where have you dismissed the Holy Spirit's wisdom in the past? In the past, I'm talking about just a few moments ago or a few hours ago or months ago or years ago. Where have you dismissed the Holy Spirit's wisdom in the past? You know, looking back, it was the right thing, but you dismissed it because you were observing the clouds and paying attention to the which way the winds were blowing, and you determined, you made the decisive conclusion that I know what the Bible says, I know what the counselor said, I know what my pastor said, and I know what my friends who love me dearly and are, and are, are, are devote, devout Christians, I know what they're saying, but my circumstances dictate otherwise. Go back to that. Go back to that and recalibrate. Number two, question that I want you to ponder. What do I need him to speak? What do I need him to speak into my life right now in the present? What decision am I trying to make? What crossroad in life am I at? And these can be very intimate and personal at many different levels at many different levels. What decisions do I need to make? And most likely, when you ask this, then what do I need him to speak at this very moment? Remember, it most likely will not be a loud, booming voice, as in Hollywood. It may be a quiet, 
inward voice. It may come through your mother, young people. It may come through your father. It may come through your pastor. After all, I have a coffee mug at home. It has the name Ray on it, and it has the meaning of the word Ray, and it means wisdom. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. You probably have one with your name on it that says the same thing. <laughs> sure makes me feel good when I pack that thing with ice cream. And it's like <laughs> the wisdom of God in this ice cream. Wise men. A wise person is a doer of the word of God. Where have I shunned the wisdom of God in the past, and where do I need him to speak into my life right now? I'm telling you, I'm promising you, he's not absent. James said, ask of the Lord, and he'll give it to you. Ask in faith. Ask in faith. So let's stand up here. Just stand to your feet for a moment, and let's ask in faith today. You know, he said, what does that mean to ask in faith? Asking in faith meaning you're asking him to give you direction, and he's going to give it to you. It's going to come through the Word of God. It's going to come through the Holy Spirit speaking directly to you. It may come through the Holy Spirit speaking to your, through your parents, talking to you. It may be the Holy Spirit speaking to a friend who's going to communicate it to you. But the Holy Spirit's going to get it to you when you ask and believe God for it, the wisdom of God. Are you in agreement with that? So whatever that wisdom is, you know what it is. Let's just pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father... I come to you this morning in the spirit of faith, in a humble heart, and an open mind. I'm inquiring of you, Father, wisdom, direction, insight to keep my life on target. I accept the admonition to walk carefully, not as a fool, but as a wise person. So I thank you, Lord, for imparting your wisdom into my life, that I'm making good choices. I believe that I hear your voice and I receive your instruction. I receive your direction in the name of Jesus. Speak to me, Father. My ears are open. My heart is receptive, and I will obey. Amen. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Bless them, Lord God. Wisdom, supernatural wisdom, insight. In Jesus' name, name above all names. Amen.